When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into the latest edition of the SPN FC. It has been a big day of action and we are going to look back on all of it. We have Ali Moreno, Stevie Nicol and myself, Kay Murray, here in the studio. Let's start with the Copa del Rey. It was Barcelona taking on Real Sociedad in the quarterfinals. Usman Dembele scored the only goal of the game after Barca did beat 10-man Real Sociedad to go through to the semis. Brace Mendes got a red card for a high tackle. And it wasn't always easy for Barca, even against 10, but they got the job done. Watching the game for us today, we had Luis Garcia and Gemma Soler was also pitch side at the game and she spoke to Xavi afterwards. Yeah, we're here with uh, Xavi Hernandez. Congratulations for reaching the semi-finals. It was a tough game, though. Thank you so much. Yes, it was a, a tough game, but uh, I think we controlled the game, we dominate the game. We create many, many chances and, uh, and we complicate ourselves. I think uh, we need to finish the, the game uh, before the end. Uh, we, uh, we create a lot, a lot, a lot of chances to, to score at least the second one. Uh, to be more calm, but uh, we complicate ourselves uh, the, the game. But I'm satisfied with the performance, with the attitude, with the rhythm, with the intensity. Uh, we could score much, much more goals. But at the end, uh, the main goal uh, we reach is to be in semi-final, and, and we are happy. A goal scored by Dembélé. Um, it's a player that when you arrived, he was almost out of the club. He was sitting on, on the stands. Um, have you done a special work, video, uh, video work with him, like you mentioned with Gabi? What do you think is the key of his evolution? It's not only the goal. He played such a complete game and he been, he's been doing so far lately. Well, first of all, because he's a great player. For me, he's a very important player and it's, it's important that we give him confidence. I trust him a lot, a lot, because I love, I love this kind of players. Our way to play is to open well the, the field and we need this kind of wingers uh, to create 1v1, 2v1. Uh, every day I think it's, it's better for the team. Uh, he creates many, many opportunities for, for the others and today make the difference again for us. So very happy for, for Usman. He's a, he's a great person. As I mentioned, Luis Garcia and Gemma Soler watching this. Gemma Soler outside the camp now. Now, Gemma, Xavi seemed relieved after that. <laughs> Yes, uh, I mean, I guess he's uh, happier than uh, on the last weekend with the same result. He was very unhappy with the performance of his team. They played really uh, not a good game against uh, Getafe. As for today, as he was mentioning, they generated a lot. Uh, the, the only thing they were missing was end product, but they created many chances. They played well. They opened the field with uh, with Dembélé and with Gabi in in the sides. But it's true that once again they commit, they make the same mistake. They are unable to close the games. That's, that's why uh, um, we couldn't expect that minute 90 Real Sociedad one man down. They will be having such uh, uh, clear chances to 
two clear uh, occasions that almost uh, put the game into the extra time. So uh, this is probably the, the, the worst for, for Barcelona that, uh, as we were mentioning, they had an extraordinary version of uh, Usman Dembélé. We have good news regarding Pedri because he had to be substituted. He was uh, uh, having some issues in his knee. Um, it's just for pre precaution. It's not an injury. It's just a knock and, and he will be okay to play uh, on the weekend against Girona and, and next week against Betis. Uh, Luis Garcia, some nice words from Xavi towards Usman Dembele there, a player a big fan of. Yes, I'm a big fan and much more when he shows a, a big and consistent performance. I think we've seen very good moments from Usman Dembele. I think we've, been, we've seen chances created, assisting, scoring, but at least today I think we've seen a proper performance for the minutes that he was on the field. He was beating players. I think he uh, drove crazy the, the left back of Real Sociedad when he changed to the right side. He's still doing the same with the other side. I think he's a player that I'm, I understand Xavi why he's so happy with him and why he knows that he needs players like him because there are not many. I think the wingers from the back in the 90s and to early 2000s, they are not there anymore. You don't have players who have that kind of pace, that kind of ability, that kind of skills with two legs that can create and, and score goals. So that's why Ousmane Debele is the, his best version at the moment. Hopefully he can keep that consistency. He's been asked for that consistency at the moment. He's not getting injured. That's the first step. And now continue bringing the best of the best uh, to, to, to the team. Ale, your thoughts on Dembele today? First of all, let's just put it out there on the table. It's been widely reported. Luis Garcia loves Usmane Dembele. Mm -hmm. We have touched upon that. So let's just full disclosure, right? And today, I agree <laughs> with Luis. Today, I'm on board with what Luis is selling on Usmane Dembele. That he gives this team really the only change of pace that they have. Uh, and, and certainly that they had available today on the field. A guy that can create separation for himself, can create chances for himself and for others. He's always a, a direct player, an impactful player, when he makes the correct decisions. And that is the thing that I would focus on if I were around Usmane Dembele. It's not the physical attributes, it's not his ability to get around people and beat people in 1v1 situations, it's the decision making that allow him to be more consistent. And there are moments in which you see it and other moments in which it disappears. But today we saw the best version of Usmane Dembele. Cutting to the inside, looking for shots, looking to combine, looking to find different options. The ball that he plays to Frankie de Jong, that Frankie de Jong should have finished. That is a good decision, a mature decision, and the correct decision from Usmane Dembele in a tight area. The more he does that with consistency, then I'm all on board with Luis Garcia and Usmane Dembele, and we can all hang out together. But we need to see it consistently, and that, I think, is also the key. Could this have been a different story for Barcelona today had it finished 11 versus 11? Um, I'm not so sure. I think that's too easy to say. The fact is, is that with 11 and with 10, Sociedad had a couple of opportunities. Uh, and they just didn't take them. So, yeah, I mean, it's a surprise that Barcelona didn't win more comfortably with Sociedad going down to 10. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I, I don't think if it had been 11, the result would have been different. I think Barcelona were always, for me, just the better side.
And if they had to, maybe could have changed gear a little bit. So, no, I don't think so. Do you agree with that, Louise? Do you think Barcelona were coming out winning whatever happened today against this side? I think we could have seen more goals in the, in the second half with 11 against 11. I think the problem we mentioned in the, in the pre-show that Barcelona had is that they struggle when they have teams where they put uh, lines with a lot of players in the middle and in the wide areas. We saw what happened at the weekend with Etafe with two lines of four or five players. Very difficult to move the ball around, to find the spaces, to create chances. And today, when Real Sociedad felt that they had one man less, they put that line of five and four in front of their box. And it's very difficult to break those lines. You, the ball has to be perfect. We've seen a very good run from second line, from Gabi, from Pedri, from De Jong, trying to break that line and arrive inside the box. But that ball has to be very precise, very difficult to pass over the defender of the Real Sociedad uh, players and also in the line not to arrive to the, to the keeper. So if Real Sociedad had one more player, they would have gone to find the, the net of uh, Ter Stegen more open, more spaces, so uh, allow Barcelona to play quicker, to, uh, to use those spaces to score more goals. So I think that it was a, a Barcelona um, perform a very good performance today. Apart from those last 20 minutes, and once again, they lost the control. I like what Ali mentioned about unplugging. I think they switched up early on the game, just before to put this game to bed, and they suffer. And it's not the first time, it's not the second time, and it's something that Xavi needs to continue working with. There's another big Copa del Rey game coming hey, up hey. tomorrow between Real Madrid and Atleti. <laughs> and it's an Atleti side who've been looking a lot better since the break in action, since they returned to action from the World Cup. As for Real Madrid, well, there's a lot of talk about their midfield right now. Here's what Carlo Ancelotti had to say about the men in the middle. He said, I don't need to explain the fact that sometimes Kroos and Modric don't play. It's a moment of transition in the squad that everyone has to understand. It's about the understanding of the veterans and the patience of the youngsters. That was important to our success last season too. Gemma, what's been the feeling about this back in Spain? Is this a period of transition for Real Madrid? Oh. Well, maybe it's too soon to say that it's true that after the World Cup, the, the, the performances, uh, the, the level of does this performance have uh, dropped so much? And, and there is a like the red lights are starting to be turned on in, in the Santiago Bernabeu. But uh, I, I mean, Ancelotti even said that he knew it would be a difficult season, especially because his midfield, um, they are players that are veteran players and, and they need to be back to the competitive uh, level but they, they are not talking about I mean you can never say that about Real Madrid because until the very last uh, minute they have their chances and they will of course fight until the end but of course the the, the football that they are showing lately is not what uh, we are uh, used in, in the beginning of the of the season um, but, but uh, at the end when the, the, the key players the, the key games arrive and we're talking about probably uh, when they face Liverpool or, or at the end of the the season of uh, La Liga, they always managed to get that competitive, uh, special Real Madrid DNA and, and to be there at the their height level. Luis, tomorrow should Kroos and Modric start the game? I would say that it's quite difficult to to see them at the moment, the way that they have been performing, to put it together. I don't know. I think that is amazing what Ancelotti just mentioned it's not easy to see a manager just talking about a transition moment for those of the biggest players that we've seen in the midfield in the history of football cross and modern it's one 
uh, winning the Ballon d'Or, winning of every single trophy. And I think that is quite open to say that. And it's true that at the moment, if this Real Madrid that has been struggling, I will say even further uh, from what uh, um, what Gemma was mentioning, even before the, the World Cup, he was struggling to get results. We all remember the 3-2 loss against uh, Rayo Vallecano in November. But at the end, because of the talent of the players that they got from, they managed to keep going and continue getting results. But the way that this Real Madrid has been playing, it hasn't been enough for the crowd. It hasn't been enough for Ancelotti, I think. And now is the moment where having those two players into the middle, he knows that he's going to have a lot of problems because the intensity is not there. They are two players that cannot cover as much space as, as they, they have before. Chouameni is not there uh, uh, because he's injured. He's not anymore Casemiro. He was kind of the saver of these two players, the one who was making all the time the coverage for them. So I think that at the moment... Bringing another player, call it uh, Valverde, call it Camavinga, is something that uh, Ancelotti is going to manage in the coming in the coming months. So I'm not sure if he's going to use anymore. Maybe at some point we've seen it making the two changes in the second half of the last game and then to try to keep the ball. But from the very beginning, I'm not sure if you're going to see it a lot of times in the, of the rest of the season. Ancelotti wanted to highlight the performance of Camavinga in the last game. Obviously, Ceballos as well is doing his part in proving that he can play a part. Is it a cause for concern, the midfield for Real Madrid? Absolutely, it's a cause, cause for concern. When you think about Real Madrid and what they've done so well, we can focus on Benzema and Vinny Jr., right? And, and their run in Champions League. And okay, that makes sense, Rodrigo off the bench. But really, at the core of their success, is the control that they usually have through the midfield and how they're able to dictate the pace of the game. If they're not controlling the midfield, they become stretched. And when they become stretched, that back four cannot withstand pressure. And that's when they start breaking down. And that's when Courtois is having to come up with saves. And if he's not coming up with saves, they're giving up goals. If they don't control the game through the midfield, Real Madrid becomes very, very vulnerable. That's the sort of situation that we're going through right now. And so, look... Tony Kroos is not getting any younger. Luka Modric is not getting any younger. But you have addressed some of those concerns. This is why you're bringing Chouameni. That's why you have Fede Valverde. That's why you have Camavinga. That's why you have Dani Ceballos. These are players that can play the position. Now they're going to have to show that indeed they can take that sort of responsibility. One more point on Luka Modric. Following the 2018 World Cup, he had difficulties getting back from the physical stress that was the, the run that they had with Croatia in that World Cup. I cannot help but think that if he was a struggle in 2018, four years later, I have to imagine it is a struggle again to get back physically. And what we're seeing, certainly from the case of Luka Modic, is that physically, right now, he's not quite there. The legs are not quite there. The mind is not quite there. This is, in my estimation, the definition of a World Cup hangover in the case of Luka Modric. Is this the best time for this Atleti side then to take advantage and get a result against Real Madrid? Well, you'd have to think so that, you know, all things are not quite rosy in the garden. Um, and supposedly, we've got this new attacking style oh. Atletico Madrid. Uh -huh. So, you know, you put those pieces together and on paper, it looks as though this is perfect timing for Atleti. However, oh, here we go. <laughs> Real Madrid are the masters. The masters of when they're up against it, when they're being questioned, we're talking about the keeper or the back four or the midfield, they're too old, they're too young. I mean, we're coming out with it all. But you know what they do? Mm. They turn up and somehow they get 
the victory. They get it done. Add to that, I don't have any confidence that Atleti oh. are going to revert back to type and no. are going to sit tight and no. try and break. So, no. no. Hang on, hang this on. Is, this has got Real Madrid winning all over it. The good news is we have a former Atleti player oh. here with us. Surely, <laughs> Luis Garcia is going to give Atleti <laughs> a win tomorrow. <laughs> I got my doubt as well. <laughs> I got my doubt as well. It's true. And I agree with this, Steve, is that uh, Real Madrid know how to pull results from this kind of moment. Even when they look that they, and I think that the, the last Super Cup is a massive example of uh, how this Real Madrid always race from, the, from nowhere. Uh, when they are in trouble, when they look like they cannot anymore, they cannot run suddenly, they start running, they start pressing, they start scoring goals, and we cannot forget that that front, they have players who can finalize, and that's something very special, very difficult to find, with Karim Benzema as the main man, with Vinicius Jr., with Valverde, with Rodrigo, players who can capitalize any single chance, and we've seen it in the last game, they were not doing anything, they were being dominated by Athletic Club de Bilbao, but in two chances that Real Madrid managed, one of them, they went into the net, and that's the way that this Real Madrid is getting results at the moment. Atletico Madrid needs to continue building on what they are, this kind of momentum. They had a fantastic game against Valladolid, three goals, Morata. Now they got Memphis Depay back into this Atletico Madrid, so it's going to give them something special with Griezmann being the key player and without Joao Felix. So can they manage to get a good result against Real Madrid? Yes, but they have to do it with a very good defense and trying to bring that ball to the main man up front, that is Griezmann. And from that on, I think that they can win this Real Madrid. But Real Madrid is Real Madrid. That sounded like the dreaded vote of confidence mm. there from Luis Garcia <laughs> yeah. on Atleti. Anyway, you'll be able to find out tomorrow. We thank so much Luis Garcia and Gemma Soler for being with us. That game between Real Madrid and Atleti will be taking place in the Copa del Rey quarterfinals. We've also got Valencia against Athletic Club coming up as well. Make sure to catch both of these games and wraparound coverage on ESPN+. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Manchester United ran out 3-0 winners in the first leg semi-final Carabao Cup clash at City Ground against Nottingham Forest. Goals from the on-fire Marcus Rashford, Vout Veghorst with his first Manchester United goal and Bruno Fernandes means that they have pretty much more than one foot in the final of this competition. As for Vout Veghorst, definitely good to be getting off the market your new club, isn't it? Yes, great night for us, um, great result and um, yeah, of course, after this first match um, with 3-0 front now, it's, um, yeah, it's a really, really good chance uh, at the final. For you personally, to open your goal scoring account, how special was it to do it on an occasion like this? Yeah, it's always special and you always want to score goals and also you prefer to have this first one of course, as quick as possible. Um, nah, so really happy. I think it was a really important moment also. Um, <clears throat> the 2 now, yeah, I think short before the halftime. So, um, yeah, that gives us a good and a way better feeling in the, in the, in the break. It's great. Uh, Frank Leboff is joining us now. He was also watching this game. I'll start with you, though, Stevie. We've just seen Valt Veghorst there speaking mm. after scoring his first goal for United. Always good to get off the mark, isn't it, for your new club? Yeah, not only that, the fact that people were questioning why they would sign a player like Veghorst, who's, who's basically, I think, on loan from Burnley now. They're a side that who just lumped the ball forward, so that, that really doesn't bode well when you go to a team like United, who are expected to play total football. But you know what? This guy gives them a lot, I think. You know, they can clear the ball out, he can hold it up. They can stick it in the box, he can get on the end of it. I think he's maybe going to turn out to be a surprisingly good good signing. Now, he doesn't have an awful lot of choices, the manager, let's be honest, Ten Hag. But if Vekos keeps doing what he's doing and leading the line the old-fashioned way for Manchester United, then there's no reason why he won't stay on the team and he won't score more goals. Frank, do you like this signing for Manchester United? I do, I do, and not only because he, he scored his first goal with a, in a nice way with the, the outside of the foot and he was really as a, a position as a striker, but I like his involvement into the game where I think uh, offensively he, he, he was really used uh, as a pivot and, uh, and uh, they could use him you know, to get the ball forward to, and, and him to hold the ball and, and then to serve the other and to allow all the team to, uh, to, get, to, to, get, uh, to get out and, and to go up on, in, onto the field and defensively he did what he had to do in the first line of the defense uh, working trying to position uh, um, himself back and uh, and and doing what he has to do um, I love I love the way he thinks the football I think he's going to be very useful and with the players that he has around him uh, I think it's going to be a very good combination yeah, but all the talk will once again be of Marcus Rashford and rightfully so right Ale yeah <laughs> Look, when you're a player and you're going through a moment like he's going, just hang on to it for as long as you possibly can. I mean, he is as hot as hot can be. And there is a level of confidence and understanding that he's going through a great moment. And what you're seeing from him is that he's making decisions. He's impacting the play in the final third. There is no doubt as to what he wants to do. There is no second guessing. There is no question. It's, I'm getting the ball and I'm going to make a difference in the final third. I'm getting the ball, and I'm going to be dangerous in the attacking half. You don't see Marcus Rashford receiving the ball, turning back, and playing the ball backwards 10 yards, and then just kind of trying to get on the end of something. No, no, you're seeing him give me the ball. I'm going after this guy because they can't stop me. When you feel like this, 
right? It's, it's, like, it's like every picture that you see on the field makes sense. And it is a beautiful place to be, right? Make it last as long as you possibly can. And I think that would be the concern if I were Manchester United fans. The one thing that I would want is for Marcus Rashford to be able to sustain this for as long as possible. He's going to have a dip at some point, but that the productivity is there and his decision making and the aggression of his game, decisiveness of I'm going to go challenge defenders, that that stays part of his game. He's been excellent. He really has. It feels like he's taken it up another level even more since the World Cup, Stevie. Well, it's amazing what confidence does for you. Mm. You know, people kind of poo-poo when we talk about confidence, but... You know, Ali's talking about that feeling. That feeling when you're on a football field and you feel as though everything's going to go your way. You can't wait to get the ball because you know you're going to do something good. And if you're playing in the position that Rashford is, that something good is getting shots on goal and scoring goals. So you just can't get enough of the ball. You want more, you wish you could play with two or three. So you could just keep one for yourself. So right now... He can do no wrong. It was a strong side today, Frank, put out by Eric Ten Hag. How important is it, especially with how close they are now to that silverware, to actually scoop it this season? Well, they, they did what they had to do, especially the first 10, 15 minutes where they've been abs absolutely uh, tremendous uh, in a way that they played as a, really as a team. And I want to uh, really be focused on, uh, on Ericsson and the, the way that he was playing, the, the way that he was free to, or, or found free every time and, and serving all, the, uh, all his teammates very well. You know, with Casimiro, uh, they make a really good pair in the middle of the park and they make the difference. And as soon as they started to go a little bit down, you know, it's when Forrest came back. But overall, very solid at the back. Uh, Daria did what they had to do. They had a little bit of luck as well with the offside on the, on the Forrest goal. But overall, nothing to complain about. They were, uh, we'll say, mostly in the control of the, of the game and they did what they had to do. And of course, as Stevie said, they have they have two feet in the final. I don't see Nottingham Forest winning 4-0 at Manchester, that's for sure. Two feet in the final, two hands on the trophy. Does it have to be this season, Ale? Well, this is as good an opportunity as you're going to get if you're Manchester United. And when we had the conversation following the Manchester City game in regards to the potential of Manchester United being title contenders, that conversation, well, was very short-lived because then after that came Crystal Palace and then on the weekend, Arsenal. Everybody has gotten a dose of reality, reality check, and that maybe, just maybe, what you want to see from Manchester United is palpable, tangible signs of progress. And while we're seeing it on the performances, I tell you what's a tangible sign of progress getting your two hands on a trophy that's something that you can build on that's something that, that serves as a stepping stone and that you're saying this is how we're taking steps forward and these are the objectives and these are our achievements and when you have a trophy in hand you have an achievement in hand and it's something that Ten Hag and the players can lean upon so of course when you see the teams that are left in this competition and you're Manchester United you better take on the responsibility of being the favourites. And the way that you're playing, you should be the favourites and you should be winning this competition. Yeah, it's been a massive day of action and it could be a massive game ahead for Manchester United. Obviously, there is that second leg to come now. And there's plenty more to look forward to when it does come to the Carabao Cup. The second leg's coming up and then the final at Wembley on February 26th.
Make sure to be with us on ESPN Plus all weekend. Finally, we get to see Man City against Arsenal in the FA Cup. We've got the Berlin derby in the Bundesliga. Girona against Barcelona, another derby in La Liga. Bayern Frankfurt, Wrexham against Sheffield United. Can they keep up their great run? And Real Madrid against Real Sociedad in La Liga. Stay on your sofa all weekend. It's going to be worth it. And Frank's going to be back in extra time, and that is always worth it. You can stay up to date with all the latest editions of Extra Time by subscribing to our YouTube page. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Bundesliga action rolls on and Dortmund got themselves yet another win. A little bit frantic again, this time against Mainz. Let's take a look at the top of the table because Bundesliga Bayern have had back-to-back draws in 2023 and usually the other teams don't respond to the call. Well, this time around Leipzig and Borussia Dortmund both have and have been able to close the gap as well. Union Berlin back up in familiar territory for them this season. But let's talk about Dortmund and Gio Reyna, shall we? Because we've got Archie Rintut joining us. And uh, once again, let's turn the topic to Gio Reyna. Coming off the bench, getting onto the score sheet too. I know, Archie, that you spoke to Edin Terzic the other day about this player, and he has the full support of his domestic sides. Yeah, he said that he'd not seen anything that Greg Verhalter had, had commented on, i.e. The, a lack of professionalism. Uh, and the, at Dortmund, he's only ever seen Gio Reyna be in great form, whether it's in training or when he's tried to bring him onto the pitch. And we shouldn't forget, before all of that World Cup business, Gio Reyna had a horrible time with injuries. And it's just nice to see a smile on the boy's face, to be honest. Like, not once in a week, but twice, no less. And particularly with such an important goal, because he has produced, I'd say, a great piece of paper over some very big cracks that were very apparent for Dortmund again tonight. On the road this season, they've been really disappointing, particularly performance-wise. And coming off the bench, once again, he did it in much more spectacular style on Sunday. But this was as important as well just to give Dortmund fans maybe a hope, a glimmer of being in the title race. But I think, to be honest, they've got bigger issues to worry about, namely getting into the top four, because if they continue to play like they do, 
right now, i.e. not with any real panache or flair going forward, then they're going to struggle to get in the Champions League team. When it does come to Gio Reyna, though, and obviously the, the problems are there for all to see with Borussia Dortmund, Dali, you just need to watch any game that they're playing. But Gio Reyna, this is quite the response from him. Yeah, this is the perfect response from Gio Reyna. He can only control the things that are in front of him, and what's in front of him is what he does with Borussia Dortmund. Whatever is going on with the U.S. national team and Greg Verhalter, somehow you have to be able to separate that from your daily activities from what you do with Borussia Dortmund and how productive and impactful of a player you are for your club. You separate that simply because now you have to leave that behind you. It's, it's gone on for too long. It doesn't benefit anybody. Nobody that was involved in that story looked good from any different angle. And so, therefore, the one thing that you can do is let me show up to training. Let me be ready to play. If I'm called upon in a game, let me make a difference when I go on the field. And then I go and score my goals. And because I'm able to score my goals, and these are game-winning goals and important moments for me, I can tell everybody that I'm not listening to the criticism. But the only manner and the only way that you can do that is by being productive on the field. And he has been that for the last couple of games. Is that always? the best way to answer any critics, Stevie, by doing your talking on the pitch? Oh, 100%. But the, the beauty of the beauty of Rainer is that he plays in Germany and not in the US. Mm. You know, had he been playing in the US, this thing would have been still going strong. The fact is that in Germany, they don't care. Borussia do not care. He's back home. He's back in his own bed, in his own house. He's around his teammates. Mm. He's, around, he's around his supporters. He's, he's at home where he belongs. And you saw how comfortable he is coming off the bench and scoring two goals and two game-winning goals. Tells you all you need to know that what happened in the World Cup is the furthest thing from his mind. Bayern Munich have dropped points in both of their games since the return to action, Archie. Have we got a title race on? Uh, do we? Or do we have a closest challenger at least? I think by Bundesliga standards, I'm calling this a title race. Look at that. <laughs> Look how tight yeah, that is. Right. Five <laughs> points between the top six. And Eintracht Frankfurt going to Bayern Munich on Saturday, which I'll be at for us. Looking forward to that very much. Wait, RB Leipzig are playing as well, unbeaten in their last 15 games. Union Berlin suddenly sneaking back into contention as well. Look, Bayern are wobbling right now off the pitch and sneaking onto the pitch as well with the whole hoo-ha about Manuel Neuer and what's happened with, with his leg break. And then we had uh, one of my favourite stories of the season, Serge Gnabry's excursion to Paris Fashion Week, meaning that <laughs> he came under a lot of scrutiny because, oh, well, you shouldn't be doing that the day after the game. And I saw greater criticism from sporting director Hassan Salihamidzic for Gnabry going to Paris Fashion Week and I did for Manuel Neuer going skiing and breaking his legs. So if you want to kind of explain that one to me and how those two are kind of on the same level, I'd, I'd like to hear it. So all of this, along with Julian Nagelsmann, never really blowing away the pressure that he was under in September. The string of results that they got did that for a while. But these two performances have not been good. The real pressure game coming up is PSG in the Champions League. And if they lose that, then he's going to come under even more pressure. But, yeah, Bayern are not playing well right now. And the door is opened. 
I'm not used to seeing Bayern with less than 40 points at halfway stage in the Bundesliga season. So, look, why not? They're beatable right now. They've got a run of games against some informed teams. Frankfurt needs to up their game a little bit, pretend that they're playing in European competition, maybe, because when they're in Europe, they seem to produce their best performances. And then, maybe, just maybe, we might get something, you know, that everyone else calls a title race, not just our own definition. Okay, Archie. So points aside, which team do you think is most capable this season of challenging Bayern? Has to be RB Leipzig because of the the firepower that they've got. Once they get Christopher Nkunku back, not sure whether he'll be back uh, quite in time for the Manchester City Champions League game. But Timo Werner looking fit again. Danny Olmo. Oh my days, did you see that chip that he scored last night? That was a goal. Dominic Schoboschlei. Only the likes of Kevin De Bruyne and Lionel Messi have more than more assists than him so far this season. And at the back, Josko Gradiol, who had such a good World Cup, uh, playing really well. Willy Orban not doing too badly either. I think that they do have the players to put something together. The question is, can, can they play well enough? They are very much a result-getting machine, not necessarily, I'd say, tearing teams apart limb from limb. But... They've certainly got the quality in their squad to be challenging. And I've forgotten Andre Silva as well. That's the thing. Every time you think that you've named all of their attacking options, there's another that comes out. I think they have to be the standout team to challenge Bayern. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Archie Rintuck. We are looking forward to that game at the weekend in the Bundesliga. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So loads of action that we've got through today. Football Americas will be on after the U.S. game. They'll be talking, no doubt, about Gio Reyna's recent form as well. Make sure to join the boys this evening on ESPN+. And that will do it for now, but we do have one foot in our final of extra time tonight. Frank LaBeouf is joining us again. Stevie, we need to tell you something that Frank told us in the last extra time we were all together. Okay, stick around. That's coming up next. Don't! Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. We have Ali Moreno, Stevie Nicol and Frank LaBeouf with us. Last time I was on with Ali and Frank, we had a lot of talk about moons. Oh, moons. Yes, Stevie. Yeah, well, Frank's Frank's moons. Yeah. That's, is that because oh, no. of the bonnets? No, no, no. It's not It's not this part of the body. No. It's more like backside. Frank revealed of. a little bit more than maybe we would have liked to have yes. known about Emmanuel Petit. 
Oh, oh yes. Oh, I help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. Anyway. Yeah, and I talked and I talked to him about it and what I said about it, you know, in the show. He wasn't that happy. I don't know why, you know. <laughs> I don't understand people, you know. They have to take full responsibility for their acts, you know. So, uh, exactly. whatever, you know, he doesn't want to wear underwear. That's his own problem, you know, whatever. <laughs> he just said it again. Yes, yes. He's so unhappy that I'm going to say it again. Yeah, there you go. We love you, Frank. Oh, we Time. By the oh, way, uh, oh, I want to show you something, you know, in my play, and uh, I don't know if you see it, oh, that's hello. my new play, <laughs> and hey. you see my underwear, you know, yes. the French flag. No. Know, yeah, okay, race, race, race the picture, you're, well, you're wearing sandals, just like Dan, you're wearing <laughs> flops, just like Dan. Come yeah, on, Frank. That's, uh, the, because, because it's a comedy, because I look stupid. Like that. <laughs> yeah, All you're right. right. Okay. <laughs> what? It'd come naturally then. <laughs> what are French flip-flops called? I have no idea. Philippe Phillips. Philippe Phillips. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's, that's, that's culottes for women. <laughs> that's culottes for women. Sleep are for men. Sleep. Sleep. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think Frank got the joke. I think you got lost in translation. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Frank got the joke. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear the beginning of it. It's yeah, fine. So, it went yeah. down like a lead balloon last time, but I know I can always rely on Stevie <laughs> to give me a little pity laugh. <laughs> All right. Despite Anthony's inconsistent first season, do you think he will fulfil his potential at Manchester United? Ale. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to ask Philippe Philip. Philippe Philip. Well, depending on what you think his potential is, I, Anthony has always been hot and cold. And, and you just look at what his record has been and he dazzles you with the, uh, the skills and, 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 and what he potentially can be. But if you think this is a guy that is going to be scoring 15 goals for you, I don't quite think that that's realistic. But what you want him to be is an impactful player with substance, with end product. I think Manchester United fans would want more of that than what they have seen so far. Stevie, who's your Premier League manager of the season so far? Anyhow. Oh. Did anybody, Easy. anybody see... Newcastle sitting in third. I think they were in second for a split for yes, a couple were. of minutes la last week. Did anybody see Newcastle being where they are, playing how they are? Why no. are so Why are you so anti Arteta? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Why? Oh, of course. Why, Arsenal, Stevie? Why? Ah. Forgot about <laughs> why did you forget about Arsenal? Well, here's, okay. So here, well, here's the thing. Just, just, just devil's advocate, right? The fact that Arsenal's got 50 points at the halfway mark, I will have to change and say Arteta. But you could have a good argument, right? That where Newcastle have gone from when Eddie Howe started to where they are now, you could have an argument about who's done a better job. Because Arteta, no question, has better tools than, than Eddie Howe to work with. But yet Newcastle find themselves, as I said, they were in second place just for a, a little short spell. So, so I'm going to go with Arteta. Are you going to go with that? But as I said, you could have a good argument about Eddie Howe. You seem like you're having that argument right now in your head, Stevie. 
pull it out because <laughs> it's hard to see past the tear tap. <laughs> it's a I'm big mess inside. inside. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, our tear tap. All right, here we go. We got that. All this is one of those where he'll be laid in bed tonight and he'll still be like letting it bother him. Frank. Oh. Um, I understand the, uh, the, the the big mess inside Stevie's head because Eddie Howe does and makes a beautiful job for Newcastle. But you cannot argue what Ateta is nowadays doing with Arsenal in such a, a short time, you know, changing almost everybody, uh, putting a very nice uh, uh, team selection and doing great and uh, being in, in, uh, the first in the Premier League. So I think, no, for me, there is no argument. I think uh, the best coach so far is uh, Arteta. Next question. Ale, what do you make of McKenny joining Leeds United if it crosses the finish line? Is it a good fit for both parties? Also, is Leeds United now the unofficial team for all USA soccer fans? Yeah, it's United States of Leeds. It's what's, it's what's becoming. And I'm, this is a discussion that we had on digital earlier, and I would just say this. If you're Weston McKinney, regardless of the mess that is currently going on at Juventus, it's still one of the most recognizable brands in European football. Juventus is. And you're going, you're, you're going to a team that is going to be fighting to stay up. Because that's the picture where Leeds are right now. That's the place where they are. They're not quite safe. They're just they're gonna be in the conversation up until they string a run of results, which we haven't seen so far. So you're gonna go from Juventus, recognizable brand in Europe, to Leeds to go fight against relegation. I don't know how messy of a mess it is in Juventus, but I'd rather stay in that mess than go into a mess with a team that could potentially go down. That's my perspective from a player, that I'll stay with Juventus and try to fight it out here, try to figure it out here up until I have something better lined up. Leeds, it's a move downwards from Juventus. All right. Have any of the guys ever had a day at a club whilst they experienced such a bad day like Everton did yesterday? If yes, what was it like? Dan Juma rejected them, Bielsa didn't want the job, Moshiri put them up for sale, Anthony Gordon to Newcastle, or Nana to Arsenal links also emerging. Stevie, can you ever remember having an awful day at a football club like this? Not as bad as that. <laughs> no. I've had some bad days. But in terms of in terms of football, no, that's it's pretty unprecedented. It really is. It's up there, isn't it? Yes. Frank? Um, nothing. Well, we lost in the, uh, I think it was FA Cup against, uh, or, or League Cup against uh, Bolton. And the same day we had the, uh, the loss and the death of uh, Matthew Harding at the club, the vice president. That was an awful day. And um, uh, he, he, he died on the uh, chopper crash. and. Uh, and that was awful because we were we wanted to go through. We thought we could go through with a, a, a game against Bolton, even if it was away from home. And on top of it, we lost uh, our vice president, a great guy. And that 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 was awful. The day after, we went. We all went to Stamford Bridge, and it was awful. And um, yeah, I will I will always remember that day. Uh, it was beginning for me. Uh, being at Chelsea and that's uh, one of the saddest days as a, as a football player. 
Absolutely. All right, Frank, let me stay with you. Would a win against City in the FA Cup for Arsenal give them even more confidence that they can go on and win the league? And could a loss for City give them less confidence beating Arsenal in the league later on this season? Well, winning against Man City away from home at the uh, uh, ATS uh, yeah, Stadium, yes, of course, going to be a big boost for the Gunners. But losing, it depends how, how they lose, how much they lose, you know, the way they lose. If they are smashed like 4 0, yeah, that can create damages in their head. It's, don't forget, it's a very young team. So a little thing, you know can crack the, uh, the, enthousiasm, the enthusiasm that they have and, uh, and change uh, the way they're going to they're gonna play their football, they're going to think their football. So losing can create damages. Winning can be a very good boost. Ale, does a cup game play into these league games between these two? I understand what Frank is saying, and I agree that if they go and lose and get destroyed, then I think that kind of creates this uncertainty that you didn't have before. However, a loss or a win in the FA Cup doesn't improve or lessen the amount of points and the distance that you have between you and Manchester City. So. I think it's about feelings. It's a very subjective uh, impact rather than an objective one. So if I'm Mikel Arteta and we happen to lose a competitive game against Manchester City away from home, I said this, this things can happen. Regardless, we still have a lead in the league. And this, the league is still about us. And we don't fear anybody and we can play against anybody. So I don't know how direct of a connection there is and how objective on a connection there is. There is some subjectivity there, but I, I, I think it's a connection that is very tenuous at best. Is there an argument to make that you could make your mistakes there in a cup game and then correct it for your league games? Yeah. I, I, I don't remember ever thinking a cup game and a league game were anywhere similar, mm -hmm. even though it was against a team that we may be up against in the league. It's a completely different outlook. You look at the game in a completely different way than you do to a league game, 100%. I don't disagree that getting beat 6-0 and you play both first teams doesn't dent the confidence. Mm. But as far as the way you look at the game, never looked at them both the same at all, ever. Frank, why do you call the people you don't like Mr? <laughs> I know what uh, Don Hutchinson's list is referring to. I, I, I don't dislike uh, Mr. Uh, Potter. That's why I call him Mr. Potter. I think it's, uh, it's really... I don't know him, never met him, and uh, I want to pay respect to anybody. Um, I don't know why I call him Mr. Well, you know, in Italian uh, players, they call their coach, their coaches, Misters. Uh, and that's, uh, that's something they do with everybody. And Mr. Ancelotti is called Mr. Uh, Gianluca was my friend, so I, I called him Gianluca, but Mr. Ranieri, I used to call him either Mr. or Coach. So it's, it's I don't, of course, don't dislike uh, Mr. Potter or Grand Potter because I don't know him. And it's just a, a mark of respect. He always calls Stevie Mr. Nickel. Oh, yeah. hello. So he must really respect you or I do. Really? Or he thinks I'm old. I know, I do. <laughs> yes. Oh, well. <laughs> yes. Last, que it. last question. 
I might need Ali's help with this. For Kay, now that you're a US citizen, will you be supporting any MLS team? When I first came to the country 10 years ago, uh -huh. I said I must choose an MLS team and I had lots of people helping me out and telling me why it should be their team and why it should be this team. But I'll be honest, nothing ever stuck still to this day with me. Okay. Now you have more options than you did 10 years ago. Let me True. tell you. <laughs> we're, we're going to 30 teams here in MLS fairly soon. Uh, Columbus Crew, what else do you want? Columbus Crew. But it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't really attract you, but you lived in Miami. For I, a and long I started time. to get really involved and want to support into Miami, but then we moved away and it's just, uh, you know, you're a little bit away from it. You, all, you don't, you? It doesn't feel like you're very committed to this decision one way or another. It does depend where you stay, though. Right. But I, I, when I lived in Boston, yeah, yeah, I knew, I knew all the the Patriots players, and I knew all the Red Sox players. <laughs> Too bad you didn't know your own players. And since I've come, <laughs> since I've come to Connecticut, I mean, it's a good what, twelve years now. I hardly know any of the players now. You, you do, you lose that that connection or whatever it is. No question. It's all about Hartford Athletic. All right. Okay, well... They're not in the MLS. Okay, no, they're not, so you're not answering the you. question. If you, if you don't mind, okay, I want to know uh, if you think your mighty team is going to go back to the Premier League next season, Middlesbrough. Right. No chance. I hope they will. I definitely think they're going to make the playoffs, and so I'm going to stay confident yeah. that we'll get a big surprise, a turnaround this season, because Michael Carrick came in, and that will end up somewhere we didn't expect. And then you'll wake up. Maybe. I wish you the best. But you've got to dream high. Right, but you see, you see how much knowledge and interest and investment there is in Middlesbrough, right? Always. Yeah. And it you're doesn't, thousands it, of miles away. It, it doesn't feel like you have anywhere near that interest in any MLS team. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Well, we'll, we'll commit to it. Well, if my kids pick one, I'll go with them, all right? Okay. I've... We'll be back tomorrow. I was non-committal. Right. To see if I've decided on an MLS team. Join us then. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.